This is going to be an exciting broadcast because today I get to talk to one of the best leaders that I know of anywhere. The good news is I know him well. I've known him since birth. He's my son, Brent Purvis. I promise you this is going to be a good time, so let's get started. I believe God blesses good stewardship. I think he gives you the opportunity. Maybe it's a crisis, whatever. But you've been good stewards with his money. You've been good stewards with your timing. You've been good stewards to watch over the health of people, mm-hmm. not wanting to put people in danger. Yeah, I don't want to accidentally. Yes. You know, also, yeah. we were talking the other day with someone, and uh, they were one of the kind of the one or two percentile that, you know, you got to hurry up and. Yeah, they open back, this, up, open back up. Then everybody gets sick. Yeah. Open yeah. up, get sick. And I said, yeah, the problem with that is they're not the ones. Having to do their funerals. Yeah. It's real easy right. on the outside to say what you need to oh, yeah. do. Yeah. Um, it is. But yeah, well, you've done a fantastic job. The staff, I'm so proud of the staff. I'm very proud of the people. They've just grabbed it. Everywhere I go all over town, there are people that are members of Cascade or attenders here, and they are thrilled with their church and the impact it's making. And it's to them, while they know that we're not back in a building. To them, they haven't missed in that way. Their spiritual life is still growing because they know how to connect with God. And They're so, so rooted. I, I, I ran someone it. in the uh, grocery store the other day. and I said, Brent, we, we know you're making some difficult decisions, but and every one of them is the same thing. Yeah. They say, we know it's about the unchurched person. Yeah. We, we miss you guys. Yeah. We know it's about the unchurched person. You know, we'll, we'll know. But they had said, uh, we don't need to be bumping shoulders with church people anyway. No. We need to be out there getting unchurched people. That's right. I That's thought, right. man, I've never seen a group of people that get it like, like Cascade Hills. We, we've held that record now, that track, and stayed on that path for now, you know, 37, 38 years. You know, I, I left at 36. But we always zigged when the rest of the people zagged. We always kept our own direction where we were going and just basically said that the Bible be our map. You said and something so the other day. It's proven it now. That was good. Uh, you said, Brent, it's interesting to see. Every other cause out there, people are jumping on. Oh, yeah. And you said, uh, you just stay on mission, keep making decisions off mission. They don't have a mission, so every mm-hmm. new cause is becoming their it new becomes mission. mission. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes the real mission very foggy. Yeah, right? let's, let's unwrap that a minute. It's, it's, it's true. If there's a new current crisis, whatever that is in the community or society, we could be in a third world country, it mm-hmm. could be in America. If a church doesn't have the mission of reaching lost people, the moment another cause gets the headlines, the church grabs hold of that yes. and acts like they remind me of like walking down the road and spitting in the wind and figuring out which way the wind's going and then trying to run to the front of the crowd yep. and lead it. Yep. And they act like we're leading this cause. I'm hearing people, even in this racial stuff that is mm-hmm. gone, I'm hearing people that do not have uh Friends of color. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't even have a church with that. Mm-hmm. Once in a while they go overseas to Haiti and they deliver some shoeboxes with toothpaste and things like that. They call that their mission work. They wouldn't allow those same people to come and worship in their church with them or to or to have dinner with them or to be friends with anybody that didn't look like them. And yet those same people, when a new cause comes up that's racism, they're on the front end like they're leading yeah. the You know, I just believe people read through that. I think, so. I think for 30 some odd years or more, we Cascade Hills and our relationship has been with blacks, with, with Hispanics, Latinos. We've had a great relationship with people yep. of all color. Uh, during this situation, I picked up the phone and called a lot of friends of a different race. You did too. 
every one of them was like, brother, why are you calling? Yeah, I don't exactly. have an issue. Me and you are friends. We've been together. All, we know you, you know, and, and I think that a lot of churches just didn't have any mission anywhere. So they grabbed that. And now they're trying to grab something else. And there's always something because they just don't have a legitimate main compelling mission. It is. And, and we've always said it, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It changes, changes the human heart. Yes. And you can get off on every other issue. Yes. I'm not saying that anyway, that we shouldn't stand up for those who oh. can't speak. Yes. We shouldn't stand up spoken out justice. And we've done yes. all those things. Right. Um, but you, you know, you look at our congregation and we've always said, that's what heaven's going to look like. If yes. you don't like diversity, if you don't like diversity, age, race, all the other stuff, uh, then you're not going to like heaven no. because heaven's going to look just like no. that. But we've stayed on our mission. And, uh, you know, I've had so many of my African-American friends, like when I call them as well and just, Hey, you know, with everything going on, talk to me, tell me, yes. uh, from your, from your eyes, it's yes. one thing. I can only see through my, my skin. And you and my haven't eyes. lived in their, their no. life. And so I want to talk to them, but all of them that I talk to say, uh, Brent, you didn't have to call, but man, stay on mission. Yeah. As you know, and I know. I heard that. It's, it's the gospel that changed my heart. And it's the gospel that changes people's heart. And, you know, if you get off on anything other than that, then we're really just talking about surface earthly solutions. They're well, temporary and can be resolved yes. with eternity in mind. That's right. You know. That's right. But you you get the gospel of Jesus to them. It changes their heart. Changes it is. Their life, changes it is. That's that changes that that is the answer to the race problems. It is. That's the issue to sin problems. That's the issue to everything out in society. Is the gospel all of it? Our problem is we don't believe the gospel is enough. As the power is enough, and that yeah. get me very passionate. I <laughs> go ahead. I want to hear you having. Preachers jumping on other causes other than the gospel. And I've heard this, and this just get me irate. But I have heard literally some of some of uh, some preachers that I've known of say it's not just the gospel. Uh, the gospel is not enough. Mm-hmm. You got to do this, this, and this. As if we're going to add on yes. to the blood of Christ and what he did, as if we can That's add right. on. I'd be scared to say I stuff know. like I that. Know. Now, and it's just, I think, no, the gospel is everything. Yeah. And in it has everything. Yeah. In it has every solution that we need. I believe that a lot of people have never had the gospel really change their life. So they don't so believe, they don't it, can believe wow. it can change somebody else. Yeah. See, I know for a fact it changed my life. So because it changed me, it doesn't make you perfect. Yeah. It certainly leaves you with a lot of flaws, but it changes your life. Now I believe that that's the hope for the world. I've mm-hmm. seen it. I've seen people, I've given testimonies beside other people that have given testimonies of they were convicted murderers or they were adulterers or they were, you know, they just had no hope. And then somehow Jesus changed their life when they heard the gospel. And they're so radically different today. You trust them with anything in the world. Nothing can change a human heart like the gospel. But we have to believe that. And I don't believe we believe it until it's changed us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's why a lot of people with a lot of religion trying to put it on everybody else. You know, get some religion like I got. It didn't change me, but get some for you. Yeah. you know? and those that had the gospel know that's the solution. It is. Yeah. That's, I totally agree. I think people are afraid to be themselves because underneath it, they're afraid that people won't like who they really are. Yeah. 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 And that's sad because they'll never step into their God-given destiny and become who God created them to be because they're scared. If I be myself... And people won't accept me or love me yeah. for who I really am. Yeah. You know. And a lot of that comes back. I think this is the generation that because of social media, it's all about the likes. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be liked. That gets my endorphins up, it makes me feel good. I don't want 
I don't want to do anything that gets me unliked. It is. And, and that's a you know, dangerous place talk to about be. leadership. You can't be a, if you care about being liked yes. more than you care about leading. You won't lead long. You, you cannot care. If you ever look at people that have a lid on their life, some of the lids they have, they have, they have more friends than anybody that we yeah. know. They lid themselves when their when their uh, life revolves around being liked yes. more than leading. That's right. That's right. And it's it's weird, but it's it becomes a uh, a lid. Yeah. I mean, you really got to have a a you got to be more concerned about doing what's right and doing what's right for your, the followers. Yes. Than being liked as yeah. a leader. You go to, and when that happens it. over and over, you're gonna see this with pastors. I've seen it all my life. You'll see it with pastors. You'll you'll face it at times. You'll make some unpopular decisions or you'll have to make a leadership decision at some point. And it sets you apart and everybody likes you. Mm-hmm. Now you'll have to make other decisions later and you have to choose, how do I keep these people liking me? Yeah. I make this decision. Some of those people that like me not right now may not like me later. And so it that's where a lot of them, they got to the role because of making a decision that put them there, but then they couldn't stay there long because they couldn't keep making those decisions. That's where I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of pressure on pastors right now because yeah. the, and the larger the congregation, the more pressure. Yeah. Like if you look at the demographics right now of even uh, what we should be doing as far as opening church, not opening church, the building. Church yeah. has always been open, but that you see that there's a lot of pastors under pressure and they're, and they're making decisions under pressure. Yeah. They've got a 15% that says if you don't open you're bound down to government. Yeah. And you're not allowed to, I know. And you got and a, I, another 20% says that uh, if you open, you know, you don't love your neighbor. You're putting them in danger. Yeah. Then you got this group in the middle that says, I don't really know what we should do. And so yeah. there's no way to please everybody. And I think there's a lot of pressure on pastors right now saying, which, what do I do? Because this crowd over here, I can't take the pressure from the 15% or the yep. 20% here. Right. What I do, and if you're not careful, you can create a feed me mentality. That's right. Like you need to hurry up and feed me. Yep. Instead of the church was never meant to be about watching. The church was meant to be about exactly. It was more of a church scattered in the early early days in New Testament than it was gathered. You get yeah. You gave. I'm going to steal that from you. Yeah. They would gather for an hour to a week, but they were scattered throughout the week. So the majority of time they're out there in the community, and and part of what happens is that. Uh, it's really testing now, again, your motives, your missions. That's why a lot of churches, if the only reason they call themselves a church was to meet on the weekends, then this COVID thing, you know, wrecked it. Because mm-hmm. now we can't have church. We need to be a church. Our motive was be a church reach reaching people. lost people with the gospel. That's what the church was. And so building, no building you can still be the church. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have to quit being the church. They're saying, we can't do church. We can't be a church until we get back. The church was never a place. It was always people. Yes. It was never a place. Yes. It was always people. We we are the temple of the Holy That's Spirit. Right. And so we gathered, like you talk about gathering and scattering. I've, I've seen a lot of people take the Hebrews uh, 10 and 24, yeah. 25. The symbol of one another. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're taking that. and But they're, what they're missing, they're saying, do not neglect meeting together, gathering uh, together as some have. Um, but now even more now yes, the time is near. Yep. But they're missing the verse above that. Yeah. The verse above that says, "Let us stimulate each other for for love and good deeds." Yeah. And let's not also forget meeting yeah. together. And when we look at this, we're meeting together in life groups. Yeah. We're meeting together. Some of them in the park. That's right. We're meeting together 
doing yesterday just House of Heroes. We went and painted the house and fixed the house up. Yes. We meet, we gather so that we can scatter. Yes. We don't gather so that we can gather. That's right. And we have a place here. We've been an outdoor uh, prayer garden. Yeah. We get, we do nights of worship. We come and we gather and we worship That's and we right. pray for one another. But we gather to scatter. Yes. You, you taught me that. You said, Brennan, football, there's a rule called too much time in the huddle. That's right. And I think the church in a whole has spent a lot of time in the huddle. Exactly. And, and yep. in a weird way, this thing has allowed us to say, are we really outwardly focused? That's right. We were gathering just to gather. Yeah. We need to gather in order to come, yes, worship, right? Come up with that game plan to scatter and reach the yeah. lost. And yeah. to me, it's when we've, we've just stayed outward focused and we've said, yeah, we're, we're going to still gather. Yeah. The only thing we're not gathering in that is our Big service on the weekends I know. because of the health of it. I know. No one can claim, well, you're not gathering. Yeah. You know, we're gathering in groups of hundreds. All yeah, of them. even in that, what are the, the attendance on that on the weekend or by the time they watch at the end of a week? Oh, it's, it's, it's insane. It's much that, higher. Oh, my goodness. It's way higher. And that's why I said earlier I'm scared to touch it. If God's doing something new and bigger right now, um, who am I to get in the way and bottle it back down to 15% of your congregation here locally? I Timing is just not there. We've Easter saw upwards of eighty thousand people Good watched night. it. Now you take the biggest service that we've got, Easter service. Yeah, 10, we started renting 10, 5, the Civic yeah. Center five years ago. Yeah. Ten thousand five hundred people. Yeah. You're doing that eight times in a weekend. That's now, right. of course, those are Easter numbers. But any given weekend, a low week. Uh, they told me the other week, Brent, the numbers you concern. Numbers are down. Mm -hmm. I said, please tell me what are the numbers. Twenty seven thousand people. It's the lowest <laughs> week we've had. Wow. 27,000 yeah, people. That's all over the globe, too. I mean, and, and, and yeah. life groups are starting in New York and baptisms by way of Zoom. The, the, last week, we had a, a guy that's never been to church, and, and can't find a local church, but says, I want to be baptized. How do I get baptized? So we um, did the counseling by way of Zoom. He found a recreation center that would let him use their pool. His yeah. brother held a phone, uh -uh. and he ministered. He, he, our counselor led him by way of uh, video. How about and that? And then right after that, we had another one this week. I haven't seen the How video for that, that but um, all over the world. And so a low week, 27,000 people watching. Mm -hmm. If we would have had 27,000 people show up on the weekend services, we wouldn't have, would have put, a place yeah, to put them. Exactly. You know, we, it would have been the talk. Yeah. Uh, what in the world yeah. happened that weekend? But yeah, we're acting like, but we need to hurry and get back. I Instead know. of flip that, if we had 27,000 people show up on the weekend, we would have what are we doing? Everybody stop. That's Press right. pause. All the leaders That's come right. listening. Don't mess in. it up. Let's figure Don't out what it is it. and keep keep improving. What is it? Yes. And, and instead we're saying, I know. Man, this is, you know, I know. yeah. yeah. Not everybody. Now, our members are not. Yeah, the majority of people I've met really have been enthusiastic. They get it. I've been it's impressed. not about them. They get it. Yeah, I've been impressed at how genuine that mission is to them. It's like they're still going. That's yeah. what's fun. Everybody's the same. You know, so I miss being at church. Yeah. But man, I love and seeing what's happening with uh -huh. the mission. The mission is greater than uh, you know, than, greater than hey, it's about me. It's, yeah, it's never been that's about right. just yeah. us. But and when you talk about leadership stuff, that's really what it is. But you've been leading. You, you know, you I knew you as a leader from birth. But but what are some of the things that helped you to be a leader? What What do you say to somebody that says, you know, I need to grow and develop? Because I believe personal growth. I believe that outside of marriage and salvation. Personal growth should be on a high priority list. Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, it's finding the right mentor. And I think that's why I love what you guys do here. It's for people that don't have that mentor in their life. Maybe they got a 
broken home or they don't have a father or they don't have a, a person that they can really get mentorship from. Your whole heart behind starting this seven years ago was to mentor those people that don't have access to it. Right. And I think the number one thing is finding a mentor, finding the right voice to listen to. Right. I've been fortunate enough to live in your home and watch you lead for so long and to ask questions and to learn and what books we can read, this, that, mm-hmm. this decision, let me bounce it off of you. The reason this, this VP leadership is so important is most people don't have that direct access. Yeah. And through this, it's you're getting direct access right. to uh, some of the content that you're putting out, some of the interviews that you listen. Mm-hmm. And now we've got more access than ever to oh, leadership, man. podcast, YouTube. We can learn. We've got more access than in the history of our lifetime, yeah, what we lack is appetite. Yeah, and access without appetite leads that's to no true. growth. It know? does. You're right. Uh, but and it creates a, it, it changes your mind. I remember years ago when you got the John Maxwell leadership. You were moving my office, and you found about 200 cassette tapes of Maxwell, and you had a pickup truck, and you used that cassette tape player to listen over a two month period to all 200 tapes. But I could see at the end of that two-month period that you were thinking different, that you were thinking bigger, that you were thinking broader, that you were thinking real uh, decision-oriented. And and it just, leadership changes your thinking. It does. It's what you're putting in. You know, and I remember that. That was a starting point for me. Uh, you know, I think naturally living with a leader, that's something I've never really heard anybody you yeah, talk about right. the living with a leader. I think there's a lot of natural things that come. I think it, differently. Yeah. Than most people, and I, my norm is different. Mm-hmm. My yeah, norm is true. watching high level leadership. Right. So um, I think that was the beginning point of me taking it in. I had an old forerunner, 230,000 miles, and I wouldn't get rid of it uh, mm-hmm. because I had a cassette tape thing. Yeah. And, and I would listen to those. Right. But when your norm is that, it's, it's, uh, it's different. Like the other week, I was in. I've, I've been uh, in three or four of these comp- these video conferences mm-hmm. for yep. pastors, and they're right. they right. would like for you to be in. Yeah. And one of them, you got invited. I in watched and, and saw you on it. Yeah. It was the most awkward. You were in the wrong room of my life. Yeah. I was in the room when all three. All the, the screen one, had the zoom had all the pictures of all these well known leaders, and you were there. And I said, "Brent's in the wrong I room." You think was, bigger than some of them, and they don't realize because you're you. But like you say, you've been lived it all your life. And I wouldn't have known that if yeah. had you had not. That was my second one that week. Had you not been in listening, I mean, I just wanted to have tears. You know, I thought, well, what I, I'm thinking different. Wrong. Yeah. Maybe I'm not cut out for the pastor thing, or maybe I'm not cut yeah. out it's because they were so different. Yeah. Had you not listened in, I swear, I, I would have thought, wow. am I thinking different? And I called you afterwards and said, Eddie. And you said, I said, Dad, and you said, I know. Yeah. I said, Dad, he said, I know. I yeah. said, I'm in the, I was in the wrong room. Today. You were. I'm in the wrong room. You were. I'm not cut out for this. He said, no, no, no. You're, you were built for a different level yeah. of leadership. You were. Uh, and you named off a couple of names. You said, now, would they, of some high-level leaders that I respect, would they have been uncomfortable and looked out of place in that room? They would have, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You said that that's what happened. You were thinking um, bigger. They were thinking just how to fix something now. Good leadership is thinking from 10,000 feet or seeing from 10,000 feet, thinking the long game, thinking bigger, thinking if I make a decision here, for example, people don't know this, but when you make a decision even at Cascade, 
whatever decision you make privately with one or two people, it may affect all the way down to the nursery and mm-hmm. hundreds of other families. So you have to think about how does this decision affect everybody, not just now, but for months to come? And how does it affect the lost? And in a small organization where you don't have to have much leadership, you can make any decision you want, you can recover mm-hmm. from it. Here, it's like dominoes. Whatever you touch, it can affect everything. So you got to make sure what I'm doing in the long run, I can live with it. It is. There's always people, this is the hard part for me that I had to learn. Somebody's going to die on every hill. You got to decide how many are going to die on those hills. Now, I used to always say the decision is not, is somebody going to get offended or hurt or wounded or be inconvenienced on this decision? Yes, they are. The question is how many and will the rewards be worth the decision? Mm-hmm. Because it was always a matter of like conquering ground, how many are going to lose on this hill? Yeah. And I lost good people through the years. I gained good people through the years. But it was always a trade-off. And that's mm-hmm. why they don't realize you battle with that all the time. Yeah, and it's all, but the more you know, the more people, the more pressure are battling that. Yeah. Even stuff now that I don't really want to do. We're renovating sanctuary because of the amount of people yeah. that are being reached. Or I haven't yeah. turned it into a broadcast location to reach all these you know people when we come back so that yeah. we don't come back and just fit right into the box we were. But in order to do that, you're right. having to spend money, you're having to break tradition, you're having to do stuff that you don't even really like to do, but you yeah. know, okay, you better use this time to reach, to set it up to reach further and yeah. like where you're going. Yeah. It's just uncomfortable because you go, I don't really want, I don't know if people love, I, I know a couple of people love change, but people don't primarily don't <laughs> yeah. love change. No. But when change is exchange, you say, I got to do this in order to reach that's right. Because even some of the stuff I have to do, I don't want to do. No. But I'm having to trust uh, the technology and where it's going. And what. And you want to be ahead, not behind. And in order to be ahead, sometimes you got to do stuff that you, even the leader, don't want to do. But you know it's the right thing to do. Right. And uh, I know that's been, you know, that's been us lately, even here. I know. Using this time to say it's now or never. You either change and set up for the global church and the multiple satellites for down right. the road, the other stuff. Or you say, no, I'm not willing to, I don't want to ruffle. I don't that's want to, right. And, that, and that's a battle. And if you, you know? don't want to make the change now, the problem is. It's harder later. It, you know? Yeah, it's going, it, change is, I used to say this way, change is inevitable. Things are going to change. Growth is optional. Mm. You get to decide, am I going to grow and step into that? Or do I just let it yeah. pass me by? And I think the church is, the tough thing with church is always behind what, what yes, the lost person always. sees in culture. It so is. there's always this battle and this price you got to pay to stay just, you know, to try to stay ahead. That's just right. Just try to say, you know, and the moment you make one change, you're already gearing up for the next change. I know. Like, I look and go, didn't non-stop. we just change the cameras? Didn't we just change it's lighting? We, and you, you, the time flies and things change. If, if there's any encouragement I can give you, people that listen, it may know, you know, from my past back years, I always kept doing it. And initially, people didn't understand it. And there were people that even leave and were mad and, you know, can't believe that changed. Now there's nothing but respect. And now I see where you were going and, oh, you had it together. And now the same people that criticize you pat you on the back and compliment you. Nobody else is doing what y'all are doing. Well, y'all are just sitting. And I'm thinking, where were you when I was in it? You know, when I was in it and I needed your support, it wasn't there. It was criticism. Why? What about? Everybody else is. But Uh, now it's. Yeah, you're a great leader. And I'm like, I don't need that now. All right, well, 
Well, there you have it. That was Bill's conversation with Brent Purvis. And if you would like to check out some past podcast episodes that we've got to offer, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Also, go to our website, bpleadership.com, to learn more about what we have to offer here at BP Leadership. I'm glad you tuned in. And as always, remember that this is where real leaders are made.